Good Gab, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. What's happening, Good Gabbers? We are over 70 episodes now. It's getting incredible. We're closing out on uh, 2023 and, you know, keep bringing some amazing guests to the table. And this is no different. It's someone you know. It's someone you love. It's Robin Nance, the founder of Teen and Kid Closet. Robin, thanks for joining us today. Oh, hi. Thank you so much. Robin, how are you doing today? <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, me too. It's been a, a crazy uh, week at Skillskin. Uh, we've been uh, doing a whole lot of organizational shifting right now mm. and a lot of meetings this week. Oh. And, but it's just uh, it's Friday today. We get to talk about uh, your awesome organization. I'm so excited. Us too. We can't wait to yeah. learn more. So Good. tell us a little bit about your organization. So it's called Teen and Kid Closet. It opened up in 2007 as just Teen Closet as a an idea that came about through meeting some really cool people within the uh, foster and adoption um, community. And we just wanted to do more to help families, help kids who are in crisis. So this uh, the idea happened, you know, where? Was it at a party? Just some friends? So interestingly, <laughs> it started through my work. So I work at KXLY for News Now. And in 2000, I believe, three or four, I started doing these stories called Wednesday's Child. Yeah. And it was focusing on kids who were considered high needs or at-risk adoptions. Like they were basically over the age of eight, most of them, and they just needed homes. Uh -huh. And so I would be, I would focus on one child, tell a story once a week about one particular child. And in doing that, I met some really cool people who are really we're working to, to just get these kids into homes. And one of those people, her name was Linda Rogers, and she was a foster parent recruiter and had been a foster parent for years, had more than 100 kids come through her home. Wow, the salt of the earth kind of person. Oh, her whole family is amazing. So we met because she was recruiting for families who were in the kind of rural communities. So they were looking for foster families who – could step up and take kids into their homes so that these kids could stay in those communities and stay in their schools. Because if you have a kid, let's say in Chatteroy, right. and there's no homes in the Chatteroy area, then they're pulled in and maybe sent to Spokane. Where, and their where life they, is just upended again. And it already yeah. is kind of imploded with just being removed from their family. But then you take them out of their school where they have, you know, by, uh, binds with teachers and, you know, connections with friends, and then they have nothing. So her goal was to really, you know, recruit for families in those communities. So I did a story with Linda and another gal, and then we really hit it off. And she just said, you know, I would love to just sit down with you and let's come up with some ideas that we can spread to the community about ways that you can help kids in foster care. Because not everybody can or should be a foster parent, but, but there are other but ways you can help. You can, yeah, be involved. Yeah. So we met over coffee mm -hmm. because all great things usually start over coffee. No doubt. And or beers, but <laughs> this was coffee. And we just kind of sat there and we're, we're chatting. Actually, before we even met, there was a story on ABC News and it was about this young gal in Florida who started a um, clothing store, a free boutique for teenagers, teenage girls in foster care. And I saw the story. Linda had seen the story. So when we met for coffee, we were saying, whoa. So this is meeting of the minds. Boom. It, like, it all just happened yeah. just so perfectly. The timing was incredible. And so 
I said, hey, I saw this story. She goes, oh my gosh, I saw it too. And so we started talking and there was nothing like that on this side of the Mississippi. And we said, we have to, we just have to do this. And so we became fast friends and we were so uneducated in how to start a nonprofit, which is probably wise actually, because yeah, the less we knew- made, made it happen. <laughs> I think, I look back now and I think, had we known how hard it was going to be, would we have done it? <laughs> and all the headaches and all the things. But, um, so we started out yeah, with just an idea. And so we began- 16 years ago. 16 years ago. And our goal yeah. right then was, we're going to serve teenagers, boys and girls, teenagers in foster care in Spokane County. So we were very, very uh, specific in where we were starting. And we also had a tiny little space. We were had a donated space. Oh, that's um, great. That's a good it, start. It was amazing. It was um, just down the street from um, Stevens Elementary. So it was at Napa and Mission in Napa. And so it was about, I don't know, 500 square feet little. And... It was so small that... Like where the old grocery store was? Right down the street. Okay. Right. Yeah. For, it's High's Market. Anyway, yeah. it's just right down there. And it this, the space was so small, you could maybe fit two people in one of the rooms at the time. So one side was kid, you know, girls, one side was boys, and you had a pocket door. If you want to try on clothes here, we'll shut you in there. <laughs> and uh, that's how we started. And then it just kind of grew. We had... Um, pretty soon we got a call from somebody outside Spokane County and said, We're, we've learned about you, but we don't live in Spokane County, but we'd love to send a kid. Because what we do, we it's all by referral. So okay. any child that comes to see us has a referral from, um, but at that time it was basically just a social worker. So a social worker in a different county said, we have kids who need help. And so I went to my board and said, okay, this is the need. And they're like, sure, let's of course we'll help. It, let's figure we'll, it out. We'll do that. Then, you know, then time goes by, then it's somebody um, with another organization, Safety Net in Spokane, which helps kids who are aging out of the system, calling us saying, okay, your parameters are kids ages 12 to 18, but I have a child who is 20. They are still on their own and they don't have the support network. We're like, oh, take it to the board. How, how about this? You know, then you just get, of course we will help. But then we started running out of space. Right. Quickly, and, I imagine. Quickly. So we ended up, I think we were there for maybe a year or so. And then we moved to a, a space in Spokane Valley. And then the mission just kept growing. Then it was. That's hard too when you're starting to oh, see all the different needs. All the needs. How do you just stay in your lane, mm -hmm. stay mm -hmm. focused? Yeah. yeah. It was tough. And because we just, everybody on our board has such huge hearts and they just kept saying, we've got to help. We've got to help. Well, then it started becoming, um, you know, getting calls from a school counselor who said, I have a child who is living with their biological parent, so not a foster kid. They've been wearing the same clothes for four days. They are getting made fun of that child does not want to go to school anymore. I'm like, how do you possibly say no? No doubt. So then we kept, you know, growing and expanding. And then... Uh, how long it, ago was that when you started oh my gosh. refocus from just the foster Boy, that's families? A, that's a great question. I think it was probably, I'm guessing like 2010, okay, maybe so, 2009. Yeah. So that happened quickly. It did. Yeah. It really did. And then in about... I think, well, we moved to, so we then kept growing, outgrowing a space. Then we like had two units in this building in the valley. Then we knocked a hole in one and, and took over another space. And at the same time, we didn't have any money. 
you know, as a, uh-huh. as a starting so nonprofit, kind of bootstrapping. We this. were, were you even a 501c3 at the time? We were under someone else's umbrella nice. to start. Yeah. We were under that's the a, foster parent association umbrella. And that's a typical story too. Yeah. They're like, okay, this is working. Yeah. And then they're like, Hey, can you get your own? <laughs> get your, you know, you're kind of making us nervous. Yeah. Um, you do it so, a lot. And yeah. so we did. And that's a oh. lot of work. Um, so we, but we did. And then we were even, you know, I think about our sweet, sweet building owner who we would say, we're going to be late with rent. Can we please buy, you know, a couple of months or a couple of weeks? And they were so wonderful to us just to get us off launched. And it took a few years, though, before we could even, you know, feel comfortable in that. And now we have an amazing board. We have expanded. We're now in down, uh, near downtown Spokane. Our location is at 307 East Sprague. Okay. So right yeah. across the street from Peters and Sons Flores, down the street from Trudeau's, yes. um, the new university district is all right there. It's it's yeah, growing. It's an awesome little neighborhood right now. Yeah, and then you yeah. just redid the the road there at, on East Sprague. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. The pedestrian bridge too. It's right like, yeah. there. I know. So more college students should pop on over and volunteer with us. <laughs> yeah, you hear that? Right yes. There. Come yeah. on. <laughs> well, we so we actually when we moved there, is when we expanded to take over another local nonprofit. And so that, so the clothing park basically did what we did at, as teen closet. So we were teen closet. We did kids basically 12 to early twenties. They would clothe children from newborns to about age 12. So they, they took the little kids and yeah, we had so the big yeah, you're a partnership. It was great. And we were in the same business complex and they were just like kind of up the stairs around the corner from us. Well, they really were struggling with infrastructure and, you know, they had, again, people with big hearts and just wanted to help kids, but didn't have the organization ability, which cracks me up because we didn't either. <laughs> we really didn't, but we figured it out. And so we were helping them for a long time, you know, su- supporting them and all this stuff. And then they asked us to take them over repeatedly. And we said, no, thank you. No, thanks. We're just we're trying not to, ready. we're just trying to do what we do. And then finally, um, they were getting some help from, at the time it was DSHS, now DCYF, um, who said, Hey, they're, they're folding. There will be nobody to help this community if we you don't do you. it. So we, we, we again, bit the bullet, did it a little reluctantly, but, but it all makes sense. So we moved to this new location, new-ish at the time. And so in 2017, so right about our 10-year anniversary is when we started as teen and kid closet. So we For now, everyone. Everyone, except for moms and dads. So we are newborns through kids in their like early 20s. Again, this is now all kids in foster care. Yeah, still and still referral based. Still referral based. And now it's we've included now it's basically kids in poverty, kids who are homeless, refugee families. And the need is mind blowing. It's mind blowing. The kids that we serve. I can imagine. And and helping people, you know, be in quality clothing. Really, that's that, the key. I'm sure like just self-esteem. Just, yes. What are the other things that you see? Yeah. That I know our, our listeners would definitely like to hear about. Yeah. So I, you, you hit the nail on the head because it is about quality. It's, you know, it'd be really easy. We get so many donations and pe- people have really, you know, the best intentions, but people basically clean out their closet and give us all their junk. Right. And we might have, you know, a couple of nice items. Well, we want the nicest and I know that's really hard for some people because... But you got to say it out loud and then it can come, It's true. Right? <laughs> it's true. And what, and to be honest with you, if we do get stuff that isn't good enough for us, we will share with other nonprofits mm-hmm. that take other things. Um, so everything that we take really is 
quality. We want these kids to walk in and feel special right off the bat and then look around and see it is, it is fashionable. It's what my friends are wearing. It's th- things that I'm not going to be embarrassed about. It's things that I get to choose for myself, which so many kids don't have choices. I could tell you story after story about kids who have come in who've never owned anything with a tag on it. Wow. So we have a lot of those kinds of items, which is, oh, it just makes my heart so happy. Dang, I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. That's not a lived experience that I have. Right. And so mm. many of us aren't. We've been very, very privileged. We've had kids. We had one young lady who came in and was telling us kind of a story about, wow, I've never owned anything that didn't come out of a big garbage bag that was a hand-me-down from my boy cousins. And she's like, I get to pick out girl stuff. And you know, and you're just like, Wow. Yes, it's you just, do. Yes, please yeah. do. And if you don't want girl stuff and you want boy stuff, go shop on the boy side. We don't care which side you, as long as it's your choice and it's something you feel good in and that you want to, you know, leave here with. I've had kids who come in and, and, you know, I think they're, some are just thrilled to be there. Some are embarrassed because sure. they know this is, I don't pay for anything here. It's free. You know, they might feel like it's a charity thing, but they don't leave feeling that way. We've had kids That's who won't. That's incredible. It really is. It's, it's transcending for a lot of kids. They'll come in. They won't even be able to look at us in the face. They're just embarrassed, eyes, you know, downward or whatever. And then they'll hug us when they leave. They're so excited. And I know it makes you just realize this is why we do this. And it's... Um, we want it to be a very special experience. And I think our volunteers are so quality and amazing that they strive for that. And they don't even, they don't even have to try really because that's just who they are. They're just awesome. Just that heart for service. Yeah. And yeah, we just have so many stories. I'm you just must have to think a of, lot of uh, volunteers too, just uh, the folks who are showing up because you're doing this all as a board, right? Right. We have <laughs> one paid employee and it is a part-time employee. She's amazing. So she she's was a volunteer with us first and then we were saying we need somebody to be able to lead more and she's amazing but everybody else is all volunteers our board is a working board so they are required to give of their time not just at board meetings and at events but to be in there and shop and if you don't do it for a while because I do so much behind the scenes stuff that I'm not in there as frequently as other people well I just worked there two weekends ago and of course it's like you need the reminder right? because sometimes you the, right back into yes, that mission. Yes. And it was so integral that it's like, you know, you start getting detached when it's just like, Oh, I got to write a grant or, Oh, I got, I have to ask for money here. Or, I have to work on this event. You do kind of lose sight of the actual people. I know that feeling sometimes because uh, you know, I'm the VP of operations, our organization, and I support operations in multiple states. And so sometimes just the work, right? Yeah. But when I get to go be in the operations and sit down and talk to our employees and just see, you know, what kind of transformational things are taking place and those stories. It's so happen, important. Oh, I, yes, it is. It's just, yeah. those are my favorite days. Yeah. Mine too. I, I need to do it more. But we, yeah, but you also have your day <laughs> job. There's a few things going on. <laughs> How long have you been in Spokane? I've been in Spokane since uh, 1996. Oh, yeah. So this oh, is wow. home. This is home, home. I, this is home. I mean, when I think about, I grew up in the Midwest. And when I think of that, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, that's my roots. But really, I've been here forever. Did you come here through media jobs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I took a job at a different station to start with. And um, yeah, I've been here forever. 
That's awesome. <laughs> my goal was, oh, come out a year or two. And then, you know, then I started having kids and putting down roots and I can't this imagine being anywhere just else. This place sucks you in too. It does. It's just, it's a it does. great community. Yeah. And people, you know, something that I've learned over the, you know, last year and a half doing uh, this podcast is just when the ideas happen, it's, it's not just talk. There's a whole bunch yes. of people who want to say, yeah, let's figure mm-hmm. out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that feels unique to Spokane. Yeah. Like how much, uh, how many different organizations we can stand up, yep. how many people we can help. Yes. And you know so. what I've found really interesting too is, you know, there's a, so many nonprofits here, so many wonderful causes vying for, you know, the, the almighty dollar yeah. to keep us open and to keep us growing. But there are a handful of organizations who love working together. Yeah. And that we have found that in our niche as, you know, dealing with kids in care or kids in poverty, that there's there, you know, there are a handful of organizations who just really strive on helping each other. Embrace Washington has been standing us up for years. Um, Safety net. We work, you know, closely with sometimes with Catholic charities and uh, Spokane Valley partners is amazing. Right. So we, we just have had such wonderful experiences with a number of, we know a few of those folks yeah. too. Yeah. They've they're, been here. They're good yeah. people. I'm telling you. And they, and they realize we're serving the same group of people, but we're doing different things. So why not you do your thing here and we'll, we'll help you because we're not doing that. We're doing this, you know, and that's There's been really power great. In that. It's synergy, yeah. you know, We've been talking with Catholic Charities a lot lately at Skillskin about mm-hmm. the idea that, hey, we're really, really good at employing people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Employment is our jam. Mm-hmm. And they were starting to stand up some employment groups. We're like, why don't we just help? Yeah. And that that's just started off a, a whole big, uh, I don't know, snowball effect. But <laughs> now we've figured out how to... Uh, partner our program up at a national level and Catholic charities at a national level. And it's like, it just started here. It's awesome. Well, we just got a call recently from project ID who I'm sure you're quite Yes. From Bob's group. And they, he's on our board on the skillskin board. Good piece. (laughs) And they called and they said, Hey, we want to help. How can we get our people involved in what you do? And we're like, well, you know, this opportunity isn't great, but they go around. So now they, what they do is they're driving around and picking up donations from, where our donation drop-offs are. They're going to all the first interstate banks where they are graciously accepting donations for us. So they're helping us that, and then they bring them in and help us set them up. It's So it's a great, again, partnership that I would not have seen coming. So That's cool, too. Cause, so yeah, cool. and that's uh, giving uh, folks living with intellectual disabilities, mm-hmm. that's their world, um, an opportunity to you know engage with you yeah. know their community. They're helping. They're helping. They really uh, are. You know, put great quality clothes on people who need them back. Yeah. I love that. It's pretty fun. Okay. So yeah. how do people get involved with your organization? Like volunteering or yes. donating? All, all the yeah. things we need, all the things. So the first place to start is uh, our website. We have a really great website and it's got all the stuff on there. We even have a FAQ section, frequently asked questions that um, can answer some of the things about, you know, how we operate, what we do, but there's a, there's a place for donations, not just, you know, different ways to donate your money, which of course we Everybody needs. make it go really, really far, but also places where you can donate clothes and explains what we're looking for, the quality and where you can drop those off. Then there's also a space for volunteering and we always need volunteers. The more the merrier. If your whole group wants to volunteer, if you want to do it individually, um, if you have a teenager who needs, you know, community service hours, those kinds of things. You heard it here, everybody. We need it. Yeah. Teen uh, and kids closet. Yes, for sure. And so you can just go there. And then um, with our volunteers, we do have to do a quick background check. It's pretty minimal and doesn't take any time at all. And then we just plug you in 
and get you started. We also love like sponsorships for we have fundraisers and those kinds of things, sponsorships, business partnerships we love. So there's lots of opportunities. Let's talk about uh, that volunteering a little bit because we, we've heard a lot that volunteer opportunities continue to dwindle. It's hard for me to understand that a little bit, but you need them. So what is, yeah. a, what is a day of a volunteer look like when they come and work yeah. for your organization? It depends on what they want to do. So we have a couple different things. So we have um, a group that meets a few times a week and they all they do is sort the donations. So they go through, figure out what works for us, what doesn't, and then send them to where they need to go. And they also, you know, clean and, you know, just kind of like the, the maintenance and store operations. Then we have people who work with the actual shoppers. That is where we need most of our people because we want to be open more. And the more volunteers we have would allow us to be open more. That makes sense. So those people would basically work a three hour shift. So pretty easy. Um, on a Saturday, it might be eight to 11, or 11 to two, or on a Wednesday from four to seven. And you basically come in and you help the people shop. And so somebody might help check in. So here's, you know, what, once a person checks in, we give them a shopping sheet so that they have know exactly how many and what items that they can get. Um, we've added pictures because we have so many non-English speaking families who are new to our oh, yeah. area. So you had working with the refugee it's community. very interesting. So they would help oh. them kind of get going and then we'll just walk around like, do you, do you, how can I help you here and whatever? And then we need people helping check out. And it's very, so it's lively in there when this is happening. You're engaged with the people and, um, some people shopping really need the help. We had a mom in there who was shopping for like five kids on her own. So she really appreciated the help. But then you have other people who are like, nope, I'll just look around and do my own thing. And I'll let you know if I need your help. And we're there. So yeah, just making it a great experience. Yes, exactly. But people can, you know, the front of the house, the back of the house. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Wherever your strengths are. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Thank you. I, Yeah, if you're interested in this, please look them up. Uh, yeah. Teen and Kid Closet. This is... Uh, yeah. And it's just teenkidcloset.org. Cool. Easy. Easy peasy. <laughs> and we also have a really nice um, presence on social media. So our Facebook page is pretty great. We have fun videos and, and great pictures. It kind of gives you a better feel of who we are, what we do. And of course, we have some great fundraisers too. <laughs> yeah, how many fundraisers do you have a year? So we do two big ones. Um, one we just had in October. It was our Socktober Dash. It's a fun run out in the valley, and people wear crazy socks. We give out prizes. We get pizza at the end of the race. It's a 5K or a 10K, and it's a big family event. And um, we also ask for new sock donations and, nice. or underwear. Great time. Those are the, the year too. biggest things that we get requests for. And we can't take those used, so we need new. So those are that's a big push. And then a big, big fundraiser will be in June, and it's called Bourbon, Bacon, and Brews. And um, it'll be our third I year. I saw that uh, last year on uh, you must social come. media. You must okay. come. It's a, it is a don't Deal. miss thing. Do. Be there. It'll be June 22nd. We're working on our location. But they are... Um, there, it's just a big, like, fun, just social event. So it's all these different distillers, brewers. Those are all local and or regional. And all local chefs. And they're all, all that they do has to do with one of those three things, bourbon, bacon, or brews, or a combination. And then we have, like, live music. We have games. And just a fun, fun time. Sounds like it. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. There'll be a lot about that on social media coming up. Well, thank you so much for helping us understand, you know, your organization. Well, I appreciate it. um, We're happy you're here. Anything that you can share with us throughout the future of of what this looks like? I will say that the present is mind-blowing for me. When we, before the pandemic, 
I think our busiest year we ever had in serving kids, we served just under maybe 1,400 kids. And that was huge because the year before that, it was like 500. So we saw the growth. As of January, already through, I think Monday, I just got an email from our board president. So just January through, you know, no, maybe early November, we've served 3,555 kids. Wow. That's a lot And we of are slammed through the end of the year. We're already booked for all of our appointments. It's insane. And we, so we track how much goes out. So we have kind of a formula that tracks as if we were selling it at maybe a thrift store. So even if it's new stuff, we kind of have a, an average of price of what an item would cost. And we've given away, according to this, more than $605,000 worth of clothing. That's so awesome. So the need is intense. It's not ending. It's only getting more and more. Um, we have an added location up in Mead. So we have our main shop, which is down at 307 East Sprague. Then we have up at the Pittsburgh Learning Center, um, it's just kind of a, a satellite place, okay. but it's very, very helpful for people in the northern communities. Um, we a lot more accessible. A lot more accessible. Yeah, if you're coming from like Ponderay County or Stevens yep. County, you can go there. It saves you, you know, quite a bit. So we're looking to keep expanding. I think we're going to have to to serve more and more kids. And I'd love to get closer, if not into North Idaho, or at least closer to, and you know, just be able to reach more kids. So that's, I think, the future. Yeah, if we can make I see it happen. It. We need an executive director. I mean, I have a whole list of stuff I want, but yeah, those are those are the big directions of where we're heading. I think executive director to really move us to the next level and focus just on us and partnerships within the community. I think that would be the bomb. Okay, Robin. So yeah. when people are given donations here, mm -hmm. like where does that money go? Well, we obviously have to keep our lights on and sure. the, the rent paid, but we have such a need for clothing. We get great donations for, through the community, but there's a lot of stuff that we just run out of and we don't want kids to go without. So we have a budget and we just actually increased it. I feel like we've increased it every month for the last like handful of months. We spend $10,000 a month on things like underwear, socks, coats. It's it's crazy. That is so much. It's so But that's intense. where the impact is is people who want to donate. Those yes. basic new item mm -hmm. needs yeah. really helps you so you can, you know, use a utilize those resources for something else. We have to sometimes say to kids, I'm sorry, we just don't have that. We don't have that for you or in your size. You know, and then that's 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 just gut wrenching to me that we don't have what they need. So we've increased our budget because we have done fundraisers to allow us to do that uh -huh. and because we have just really generous donors but the need just keeps getting more and more well you can count on my help you can count on our listeners it. help ramen thank you so much for joining us today thanks for having me it was great it was thank you thank you for what you do yep right back at you <laughs> <laughs>